I really got to get a hold of the sign guy and see about getting our sign out. That will help us, and uh, we'll then we'll get we'll hunker down after the conference is over. We'll start going out more and introducing ourselves to the neighborhood. It's always good when people know who you are, and once the sign goes up, then they got to know who's part of that sign too. So we'll just believe God for more souls to come in, and He will do it. Amen. So praise God. So we're going to continue where we were yesterday on the master plan. Oh, there's one thing I do need to do. Uh, we need to pray. We get a prayer request. Uh, Miss Pam Henderson, her nephew was shot this morning, and it was thought that he was shot three times, but he shot only once. But he is in ICU, <coughs> so she requested requested prayer for him. I think she said his name is. This is name Chris Cornell. <coughs> Excuse me, Father in heaven, we thank you. You're the God of all flesh and nothing's too hard for you. We send a healing word to Cornell right now in the name of Jesus. Heal him Lord. Save him. Help him to focus totally on you at this time. We thank you Lord to meet every single need that he has healing salvation whatever he need his need is father comfort in you and we thank you and we bless you for it in jesus name amen and praise god praise the lord <coughs> amen oh thank y'all so yesterday we were talking about the master plan and we talked about how god uh, puts gifts talents and abilities in the earth as part of our master plan, we talked about also that God's <clears throat> gifts in human beings are no accident. We talked about gifts not being peculiar to a certain gender. They're just administered differently through men or women according to our uh, understanding of <clears throat> how those gifts are supposed to be administered. Gifts belong to the world. They belong to the world. Your gift does not belong to you and you only. And I think this is where many times people get frustrated or or uh, um, upset with making progress in life because we don't really understand. We'll give sometimes we'll give lip service to God, you know. <clears throat> All of the entertainers now that get up there and it's God, God-given gifts. I've God-given. Yes, but if he gave them to you, he didn't give them to you just to possess them yourself. And so many times I think when people can't make the money that they want to make <clears throat> doing certain things, they get frustrated and upset. And I think sometimes gifts really are not just for money. I mean, it's nice if you can make a living on what you're gifted to do, but gifts are given to humanity for a certain reason and so we have to be careful that those gifts are administered appropriately for the edification of humanity for instance there's no record of God telling uh, the singers and worshipers in in the Bible to go out on their own and make money that way they were for worship and that was confined to the sanctuary of God and I think sometimes when people start trying to get their gifts in different places where they're not called to be administered that's where a little trouble ensues you know you you see people sometimes people who are in entertainment can't keep a marriage together well you know I'm trying to make a living and that requires me to be on the road and my wife doesn't like me traveling and you know it's hard for individuals to administer the 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 uh, distribution of their gifts uh, appropriately and see that's where being born again comes in you know that gives you the proper administration over your gift your talent or your ability the fact that you put it under God's authority right back where it came from if people are sincere and say God gave me this gift then we should rightfully give it back to him so that it does what he has ordained for it to do and that's really completing the master plan once you give it back to God you're doing the right thing and God will administer it appropriately and allow you to benefit from it and allow the rest of humanity to benefit from that gift so God will put interests and and abilities in people for different things 
humanity is helped sometimes when we uh, can't predict what individuals are capable of we talked about that a little bit yesterday so you know sometimes we're really surprised if we see a small child that uh, can play the piano exceptionally well you know certain things start to blossom at an early age sometimes we'll see i was i see a little picture on facebook of this uh, woman who's 80 years old and she's a bodybuilder and she's in such excellent condition physical condition and we people look at they're amazed at that but that desire to develop her her body to the level where it can function that way is something that's a gift you know it's a desire in her and her ability to carry it out uh, is is known and so these are things that we see in people and we think they're exceptional but sometimes they can just be a gifts that lie almost in everybody we just have to learn how to develop them and so life is like that and God will uh, put gifts and and things in people and sometimes we just don't really know our potential and that gives us the um, I think when you understand God's plan and how the value that he places in all individuals then we'll start to respect one another a little bit more a little bit differently uh, instead of looking at one another as either successes or failures or uh, capable or not capable we'll start to look at the intrinsic value in each person and and, you know you'll say something like you know what God I don't know what this person's really capable of and what they're called to do but I know you put them here for a reason and you put them here with abilities there's potential here and so if we can appreciate the potential in one another I think uh, we'll have more respect for one another Uh, we'll know that that it's up to God to develop these things and we'll have respect for God in a a new and a different way so we talked about gifts and talents yesterday today I thought we'd talk more about our calling in God Uh, that when your gifts and talents are called into operation in the earth everybody has gifts talents and abilities that are called into service by God Second uh, Peter 1.10 says that believers have a heavenly calling Second <clears throat> Peter 1.10 now your gift has a natural calling say if you're called to be a teacher you can be a teacher of natural things so you have a natural calling to educate people and to help them to understand uh, certain concepts so forth and so on Uh, but there's also a heavenly calling that you step into when you're born again so in 2nd Peter 1.10 it says here wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure if you do these things you shall never fail so he says to take heed or do diligence uh, so that you're to make your calling and election sure to make it sure so what that means is that um, uh, you 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 have to understand that there is something that you you must do you're obligated because you have a heavenly calling that uh, you have to do something to prove that you are called to a heavenly purpose you got to show some evidence at some point of of God calling you and knowing what that calling is you know our our prayer in Ephesians 1 that we pray we used to make bookmarks and I know everybody's almost memorized it uh, that we want to walk in the hope of our calling and to know the hope of our calling and this is something I think that the enemy tries really really hard to hide from people I think when we don't know our calling in God uh, we try to make up something based on what we see other people do you know it, it has to come from deep within you that you know for certainty what God has called you to do uh, in different scriptures you know you see Paul addressing the church he'll say called to be saints and that is called to walk holy in life you're not called to walk like the world does you're called to be saints and so these are things that 
we need to understand are very very important uh, to God <clears throat> what does the word calling means it just it, it just really means uh, to uh, uh, answer to a specific role it also means to be summoned to do something so when you're called by God you are summoned and some a summons really is an official uh, notification that is worthy of a response you have to respond to it you can't just say I'm saved and that's it you have to respond to a calling a calling is also an invitation and it's an invitation to be used of God and an invitation to all the blessings that go with it God will give you a paycheck for answering the call (laughs) God's master plan includes employing us by calling us into this heavenly calling. So we are called not so much, say for instance if you are a natural teacher, if you have a natural teaching gift. uh, and, And to be honest with you, all people have it to a degree. You know, understand that. That's just part of humanity is the ability to teach and train. Uh, the Bible instructs parents to train up your children. In the, so everybody has it. See, here you wouldn't be instructed to do it. So we are to train our children. People learn by imitation. So everything that we do can be imitated by somebody. You got me? So you, you, if you live as a holy person, you, what you do will be imitated by somebody and they'll want to live holy and live righteous too. Got it. It's just that simple. There are some gifts that <clears throat> say if you if you if all people have a teaching gift in them, if you're called to teach as a teaching gift though, your personality is is encompassed by that teaching ability in a greater measure than the average person is. So we all have abilities gifts that are very very common to humanity but when one stands out and it encompasses a great deal of your soul and your interest and your ability then that is a different level of call so you may be uh, you may, your that teaching gift may um, inspire you to go to college to develop it uh, it might inspire you to teach certain areas of thought and all that kind of stuff and so you'll eventually wind up with teaching as a profession if that that gift encompasses a larger aspect of your ability some people want to be helpers and you can help in so many different fields you know and so uh, sometimes people who want to help suffering people will find a discipline in medicine or nursing or something like that where they can help alleviate suffering because they want to help some people see their role as helpers as uh, uh, assisting other people so you'll see the like people have now personal assistance that is such a common uh, uh, occupation now where you'll see people that just want to help the person who's doing something they're good at organizing they're good at making appointments they're good at setting schedules and making sure everything falls in place so they use their organization organization skills to help but the primary thing they want to do is help you know so so it, it, it varies how your gift will be expressed but everybody has one the gift of administration is very common we all have administration gifts you know if you if you gotta uh, take care of a household on a weekly or a monthly basis you have to administer the finances for that but then there are some people who have it and an extreme amount of their their soul is is occupied with that and so they will go to into administration as a a life work you'll see people like that wind up organizing their own company employing people and it's no sweat to them they know how to bring other people alongside of them to do some of the more uh, technical aspects of the job but they can run things and run them very well 
And so this is something that's really, really important uh, uh, to understand about yourself. I ran into a, a woman that I went to high school with at my reunion recently. And uh, we were talking and uh, we're all retirement age. And some are retired, some beyond, but she's still working. And she said, you know, one thing I did realize about myself after all these years, she said, if I get involved in something, I'm called to run it. She said, I don't just sit around it. I must run things. And so she was telling me now she's in charge of some drug rehab problem and all of this. And, and it, it must be doing pretty well because she's you know still working there. It's not one of those flop organizations. And so... But I told her, I said, you know, that's remarkable. I said, because there are many of us sitting around in this room right now that don't have a clue what we're supposed to be doing. And so, you know why? Because darkness hides it from us. See, when you know what you're called to do, that sets you apart from people. And trust me, it will cause persecution. Once you announce to people what you that you're supposed to be doing and you know you're, because most people are in darkness and have no clue. And when they hear somebody boldly declare that they know what they're supposed to be doing, then that puts some kind of conviction in them, you know, because your faith in what you're doing is is a, a, a spiritual force, and that faith will cause judgment to come on people who don't have that faith and confidence in what they're supposed to do. And so we need to understand that about going forward in what you're called to do. If you are determined to complete what God called you to do you have to fight your way through a lot of interference in order to do it you know you you, this is just part of it confidence and faith are two commodities that are are jealously fought over in this earth and they're not very well understood and so when we understand what we're called to do and especially when you start working in it uh, you will be persecuted for just for the knowledge and the desire to obey God and do what you're called to do so we said a calling is a summons your gift is required at the throne God wants to put that gift into operation. Before it can be put into operation though it has to be taught and trained. And this is where many Christians don't cut don't make the cut I'll put it that way Uh, because many times we don't have the discipline within ourselves to stay humble so that God can train our gifts and our abilities so that we can uh, you know manage what we have and then manage other people with what we have I said that your gift is given to humanity and that's where the administration of your gift is so vitally important and so we must learn uh, the administration of our gift we have to learn how the gift operates we have to learn what the gift can do and where to place that gift so it can do what God's called it to do so we all have a heavenly calling and we all have a natural calling so there will be natural things that we are called to do Heavenly things we're called to do. We must walk worthy of that calling. Uh, in, in the way. And God will, will empower us to fulfill the call. Don't ever work one day or wonder about how you're going to do something. He will empower you to do it. But you must stay humble to him. And uh, do what he tells you to do. Sometimes your gift will take you to some very exotic places in life. You know, it gets you, put you in front of some some people that are are very unusual. You'll find yourself in places and not know how you got there, and but you know what to do once God places you there. And so we we have to remember that that our, our call, uh, our gift will put us in places that may be unique because God has called us and he wants to use your gift in that place because somebody has need of what you have you have to remember that at all times somebody has need of what you have it's not just for you uh, to do what you want to do all the time and then when you're not interested in something you quit doing it and uh, so that's that's not proper administration of your gift God will teach you how to allow him to have full control over that so that your gift can get where he wants it to get to fill the needs of humanity we don't think of ourselves as being that important many times but we are 
we don't realize the potential we have as human beings. Part of it is that your 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 walk in the spirit will make you more aware of who you are as far as how God sees you and your abilities as far as God sees your abilities. Uh, if you don't walk in the spirit consistently, you kind of lose touch with who you really are. And that's why the Bible admonishes us to walk in the spirit uh, and walk in the knowledge of God, walk in meditation of his scriptures and an understanding and you'll become more aware of who you are and who God has called you to be. So we must at all times be worthy, be made worthy of his calling through what Christ has done for us and conforming to his image on a daily basis. You conform to the image of Christ by meditating on his word. Get up and read your Bible every day. And that will get you in contact with who you are spiritually speaking. So we said we have a natural and a heavenly calling. Your natural calling encompasses what role you play in your family, in society, in the church and in the world. So in your family you have relationship to people. You're either a brother or sister or you know, sometimes if you're a, an older uh, sibling, you might even take on a little bit of a parenting role to your siblings. You know, you find yourself being responsible for the younger ones from time to time. Uh, and, and also extended family. You have cousins, aunts, uncles uh, that you fulfill a role with them. Uh, sometimes we'll find ourselves closer to some family members than others, more distant than others but there's still that relationship there and there's a role and a function uh, with each relationship. Families are are encouraged to uh, take care of one another, a supportive function Uh, under God. You know do what God tells you to do for people and you are uh, you are fulfilling that role, and, and it's good to recognize that role because uh, when people have needs, sometimes they can feel very uh, left out and alone if somebody doesn't come to their aid. When you're a family member and you have family members that are not members of churches and, and part of the family of God, that will cause them to be more estranged. And so, uh, uh, continual prayer for them. For their needs and for their salvation. Sometimes they will come to you. Sometimes you go to them. But continual prayer for them is one way to fulfill your role as a concerned member of that family. In society we know that when citizens gather together. Uh, for a common purpose they set up cities they set up states and countries and so forth and so on so you have a role as a citizen somewhere Uh, what is your role as a citizen well one thing to pay your taxes and obey laws and stay out of trouble and that's pretty much you know and and some people are called to government functions in their city or their state or their country Uh, some people are very interested in the well-being of of others in their neighborhoods and so forth and so they get active in these things and God wants us to be active if we're called to do that but active in a constructive way and have something to offer for the better betterment of that group that you're involved in in your church you we find we find in, uh, we fall into two categories we're either lay people or we're clergy and we all have a function as believers to share Christ with people that's just a given you know that that's something you do whether you are consistent in a church or not whether you're really connected to a church or not I know some people feel that that's not that important but I think it's very important uh, to be connected to a local body because you you know that's God's authority structure and help structure for your life and so but uh, believers are called to share Christ with people no matter where uh, even clergy members are believers 
when I step out this door of the church I'm a believer uh, just like you are I'm not in a pulpit where I'm preaching to people I function as a believer so if I want to pray for somebody the anointing as minister is still there but I function in other words if they don't have to come to the building for me to help them you got me I'm, I'm considered like a believer when I step out of in my everyday life and also your gift is called to the world how much of the world we are called to visit inhabit and influence with our gift we have to determine what that is and so if God tells us he wants us to go and visit in different nations and preach the gospel sometimes you're called say for instance if you're a doctor or a carpenter you might be called to missionary work to do natural buildings for people or to do surgery uh, that kids couldn't get uh, I know one of the, the um, uh, um, Doctors Without Borders is one of the organizations that will send surgical teams and it's nice because they have a boat that's out fitted with just like a hospital they have all the equipment that they need and they can go anywhere where that boat will take them and and uh, it's really it's really beneficial in um, uh, say like remote or tropical countries say like in an area like the Philippines where there's lots of islands around where people need to get help Indonesia and the Pacific Rim and areas like that where there are lots of islands and people are in need Uh, uh, organizations like uh, the 700 club will get involved in a local level with local pastors and that's why it's very important to be a part of a local church I believe because that help will come to you much easier God can find you easier if you're uh, part of a local uh, body of believers and, and you know you can get in and do that and so and that inspires many people to trust God and so these things are, are, are important to know how far is your gift called to go to influence the world now God tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel and we follow up with what the needs are in the community you just don't go get them saved and run off and leave them you go and do things that people need to have done if there's uh, uh, clothing and food that needs to be received you know work at doing that and the more the more connected you are with resourceful people the better your gift will be used I believe I think it's a little hard for Lone Ranger people to just go and get something started but if you can get involved with the larger operation it's always good even in just giving you know if it's to give financially sometimes your gift is called if you have to gift that they can go help people then you go help people and do what God's called you to do so your gift then you can see where a gift really is demanded to help humanity when we think of of these things our calling is determined by our gift definitely determined by your gift whether you're a doctor a lawyer a preacher a teacher policeman soldier those things are gift driven there's some families that are so comfortable with you know people walking around in uniform with guns strapped on them which would make most of us nervous but <laughs> you're comfortable so you see many generations of say policemen or people in the military in families because it's so so you can see where a gift being inherited and they do well at it and they're they're satisfied with it they're content with it and that's one of the ways you can tell your gift is in operation where there's a continual drawing in that direction a satisfaction and ability that goes along with it and so those are always good to see it's good to see tradition in families where they have an occupation that's respected sometimes you'll see it with physicians their kids want to be doctors because they're inspired by what dad does and so you know sometimes people want different things but it's good to see that because then you see how a gift is inherited and you see that gifts are being preserved so that humanity can benefit from them people don't always think in these terms when they think about who they are and I believe that's why God wants us to to talk about this a little bit because you need to know that you're important you're significant and and that gift is your significance you, you got me that gift is your significance 
what gets you up to go say say when you come to this meeting what gets you up to go you know what 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 determines whether you'll go consistently or you go every now and then and and oftentimes it's your gift if your gift finds expression uh in in a uh a, a church setting it's a wonderful thing to know that you're needed and that you're expected. I just love that that you know everybody here is needed and expected. You're expected to be here. Not to not that it's a burden to you, but it should be a joy to you to know that God has created a place where you fit. <laughs> you know where you belong. Everybody wants to belong. Your gift determines your belonging. You know, uh, you don't come consistently somewhere for for 15, 20 years without a sense of belonging there. But you need to think more in terms of your gift having made room for you to belong here. Not so much, you know, that, uh, you know, you're, you, you know, you have a membership or you have this or you have that or something else. But your gift has drawn you here and it keeps you being expecting uh, to be there to learn to be used to participate you know gifts gifts have to participate with with the function of an organization in order to be valid and so this just validates your significance I mean to me it does it makes me feel like uh, you know and when you're not here you're missed you know not just because you're a number or you know you should have been here where you know you know ticked off with you for not coming or something like that but you're expected and and so you're expected and and you're uh, appreciated and loved and and so your gift that you offer up to service in a place determines that it really really does I'm always impressed with people who can consistently do the same thing over and over and over again. And that's got to be gift driven. You can't do that if you're really not gifted and called to do those things. So, so you know, if you've been here for a number of years, you're, you're functioning and you're calling. It may not seem like a big hairy deal to most people, but it's a normal part of your life. And that's what the best thing about God. He won't stress you out. To serve him. He just makes it a normal part. It's like you would just naturally uh, do that. Or naturally respond. You know that kind of thing. So it's good. And it's good from from a, a, a person a, a, um, a responsible. The person responsible from my perspective. It's always nice when I can just go up to somebody and say. Could you do so and so and so and so. And I know they're going to say yes. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that really is a blessing. And I know that comes from you understanding that you have a part here, you have a role here, you have a function here, and that function is significant. It's really important, and and it's important. And you need to see yourself that way. You need to see yourself as significant, as important, and as someone who God is using uh, uh, to do these things. And, And you don't have to feel resentment about it. You know, you don't have to feel like it's out of the the range for you to do it or somebody's expecting too much from you uh you know people tend to get selfish sometimes one withhold a little bit for them and oh i can't make myself too available they'll think so and so and such and such and and so when you're gift driven you don't have those thoughts you just want to give and you want to be a part of things so it's just really really good to see that i think sometimes people who respect gifts and understand it can bring out the best in other people so you bring out the best in people around you when they see your diligence and your desire to just flow in what God has placed upon you it's a good thing don't ever don't ever play short or think little of what you do what you do is significant and it is very very important very important so when we talk about different gifts and abilities, everybody has a function in the earth. Everybody. Everybody. Uh, it was such a waste of humanity to see young people just being idle all the time. I know when I was a kid, we would go to different uh, 
um, little community centers, you know. I mean, and they didn't weren't elaborate places, but they had enough space and enough little equipment things for you to get involved in playing and getting along with interacting with others. We live in a different world now. Everybody's in front of a screen or behind a computer, and uh, I don't know what that's gonna. <laughs> what that's going to do to the rest of life you know we haven't seen what the effects of it yet but there's a um, I guess a disconnect in interacting with people to a degree here people are less physical and and connecting uh, in person and more remote and just connecting in kind of a not real way and so you know it's hard to develop as a person if you don't have interaction with other people no it's just real good to learn how to you know play sports and want to excel and applaud the guy who's doing well and encourage the one who needs a little help and all that kind of stuff uh, I know they call us old fashioned but hey we it was good for us yeah it was good for us so so God's master plan places our gifts in some places in the earth at certain times. So you may find at different times God will move upon you to put a demand on your gift in certain times in certain places. Uh, say for instance when, when we were over in on Topher uh, for a number of years we didn't have much to do as far as building is concerned all of a sudden we had to move and and uh, we started doing things on buildings again then move again we're doing things on buildings again now move again doing things on buildings again Uh, why God's doing things this way I have no clue and I don't even try and guess at things I learned a long time ago not to get emotionally stuck on having to have certain things you just don't (laughs) I just don't do it because I know that God can change times seasons plans uh, all of that in the twinkling of an eye he's not obligated to us to keep it just like we like it all the time and so who knows what he's doing we we just have to really go through the next open door do everything he tells us to do when we get in that door and bless God at the end of the day and make sure that you're doing the gospel I mean that, that's all you can do is make sure you're doing the things that God calls you to do so uh, all of the gifts that God uh, has in the earth have a function we said that God is up to he has the sovereign right to call your gift into service at a certain time Uh, my experience is it's good to just go along with what God's doing don't struggle don't kick don't fight you'll know what's what's going on at the end of it we talked a little bit about innovators yesterday well the innovators are those who have a certain gift that will change the world so this is why you should never place a low value on any gift that anybody possesses they're all necessary I know many times we'll think well if somebody if somebody works uh, as an aide in a nursing home that's a low level job that's you talk to that person that's receiving care for them and see if it's low level or high level you understand what see all gifts are necessary so in and you can't I know people who have, have worked in hospitals as aides for many many years retired from that job wouldn't think of doing anything else uh, you know I was a nurse and couldn't stay put you understand what I'm saying so you know don't think because your job has more education or higher qualifications or something nutty like that it's a better job it just depends on what you do with it and how you let God use it and so uh, we know that, that, that we can't put a value on a gift that God places in a person I know many times I would see people who were working as aides in the hospital and they weren't satisfied with their job and people say well why don't you go to get more schooling and and you know sometimes that worked for people but the majority of people won't do it you know she's got four kids to take care of and all this kind of stuff and then sometimes you see later in life somebody graduated from college at the age of 80 
You know, there was finally time for them to focus on developing another aspect of that gift. And so these are things that we, we need to understand that humanity carries within ourselves great gifts, great abilities, and they are to do service for humanity. Your gift is given to the world. So innovators are those who have a certain gift that will change the world. And we know this a lot from church history. When there were revivals, there are some people who are gifted to spend long hours in prayer. Great amounts of time in prayer. Uh, They're just given over to being comfortable with solitude. They're given over to being comfortable in the presence of God. And they will innovate and they will spend that time and cause, many of them cause revival to happen in just one person. Just as far as we know. Now, I don't doubt that God raises up many people to pray. But sometimes he will spotlight one individual to let us know that it was prayer that got this done you know it just didn't happen out of nowhere and we have a part in it so we know prayer uh, when it's answered can cause great changes to happen in the earth when you are called to pray that is an ability that you will never be able to determine the effect that it has in the earth you never know I know one thing it will bring results you can say great or small or whatever and try to put a value on it but prayer does bring results in the earth Uh, people who pray oftentimes um, are people who expect action and expect change so people of prayer are innovators they are innovators so this is why you pray you want to change things. I mean, it, that's just so common for, for intercessors to know that something different is going to happen because they pray. We just expect it to be different. And so we, we need to understand that when you are called to pray, you are called to innovate. You're called to change things. Uh, things will not be the same. <laughs> After I've walked the earth, God, it will not be the same. You know, And so you, that's a true statement. You know, after you've done, you know, walked worthy of your calling down here, you will leave an earth that is changed for the better. You definitely will. It is changed for the better because you flowed in your gift and you walked worthy of your calling while you were down here on earth. And that's that's your legacy. That's what you have. That'll be your fruit that you show to God. You got me? Uh, all your prayer manuals worn out. You got me. <laughs> all, the, all the times you connected with your prayer partner, came to church and prayed, all that stuff, you will have that to show as fruit for how you use your gift when you were here. It's just that way. And so we must have a, 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 a understanding how things will change. Amen. So your gift of prayer, your gift of intercession. You see, that is a gift because intercessors traditionally are never satisfied. (laughs) Intercession means to bridge a gap. So if you're a person who's not satisfied with things the way they are and refuse to leave them that way, that makes you an intercessor. You're you're called to change things and, and change we will. You don't do it in a natural way. Most intercessors have more confidence in their spiritual intervention than natural. You know, think, why would I go into politics? I'm moving mountains up here, you know. (laughs) Let somebody else do that work, you know, that's gifted for it. I don't have to do it that way. And so we, we have to, amen. So, you know, just know what you are, who you are. Your significance because I believe there's a plot in the earth now to make people so insignificant and so uh, you see people marching around they just want somebody to tell them they're okay. You understand what this is what this is all about. It's not about uh, black lives matter or somebody's life don't matter and, and nonsense. It's nonsense. What it's about is the enemy has stolen people's understanding of their significance and their value. That's why people run around and, and march and 
they just feel like they're at their wit's end with somebody understanding I don't feel significant I don't feel important I don't feel loved and many of them are not we got a lot of people now born to single parents. How much love can you feel when your mother's a child and she's running around looking for somebody to love her most of the time? So there's no, no love there. So nothing to be had. And so the enemy does this to get people on a bad path and hopefully keep them there. So that they won't ever come into understanding their significance. But if you understand that God has put something in you that's of value to the earth and to humanity that just that knowledge of that makes you significant it lets you know your life matters and lets you know you're important so when we have a gift then we do have to have the ability to develop protect and utilize that gift to fit into the master plan so a gift will lie dormant until it's developed once it's developed it must be protected Amen. and then it's called and utilized in the earth so what God will do in helping us to develop our gifts he will allow training to happen so that gift is developed and I, I don't know what it is with church people but they love skipping the development step because you find out you have a gift and a calling and you sound like Superman to yourself. And you want to take off and shoot off into the great horizon and rescue everybody. And then God tells you I want you to go over here with, with this person that looks like they're not really all that. And let them develop you. Amen. Into somebody. And so this is a real downer sometimes for people because they think they're ready to to shoot up like a shooting star, you know, all of a sudden. And so uh, you need to understand too that people who are being employed by God are always being developed. Your gift is not perfected because he's using you. It's developing, you know. It really is. So we're, we have the ability. God gives, we must have the gift developed. When the development goes hand in hand with the protection of the gift. If you don't know how to protect your gift... Then this is where people oftentimes will run into problems. Sometimes people will, if, if they're outside of God and they're gifted, they're almost like a train wreck waiting to happen. Because you can look at statistics of people, say in a certain profession. Uh, um, uh, law enforcement people have very, very... Um, sad home lives many times because of the pressures that will come with having to walk in dangerous places a lot and so many times if they don't get married to somebody who understands and can be a support and an encouragement if there's too much demand made on that individual soul you will see the soul kind of fragment and they'll you know a lot of divorce a lot of infidelity, a lot of unhappiness sometimes because that gift uh, doesn't, the person doesn't know how to protect uh, their gift. You'll see um, people who work with their hands, uh, sometimes people who, <laughs> piano players and people who work, play instruments, sometimes are very uh, protective over their hands because that's how they, you know, you see them, you know, they don't. They don't do a lot of, let's say if somebody's a musician or a pianist, they don't do a lot of construction work. You don't go buy a chainsaw if you play a piano for a living. You know what I'm saying? You don't do your own gardening. You don't. Injury to the hands can be devastating uh, for those people, and sometimes, and they have a lifestyle that that will support. Uh, that kind of activity uh, surgeons it's very common if you see if you if you watch Ben Carson watch how he holds his hands when he's even preaching I mean he's speaking he's always like this because this is what surgeons that's their life that's how they hold their hands they hold them up that way because once 
they're sterilized and gloved they can't drop the hands below the waist and so they keep them up here like this you always tell surgeons when they're not in surgery because they walk around like that and so and they spend a lot of time waiting you know sometimes during procedures like very few just go straight through you know go straight through somebody else sews up does this does this and this is what they do and so you'll see that protection of the gift kind of built into their soul <laughs> in certain certain ways and certain things uh, singers sometimes don't talk a lot outside of you know the time that they're gonna sing you know they uh and and singers sometimes especially when they're uh, in churches you know you'll see them kind of if their singing is more prominent they don't preach as much with a singing voice those two just really don't flow that well together you know you'll see a lot of preachers who do sing but eventually you'll have to choose one of the other because in preaching your voice goes up and down and it's you use it for an extended period of time singers tend to wear out real easily that way so there's protection of the gift and if people around you don't understand that they'll think you think you all that well you you mean you can't you don't talk to nobody you know all that kind of stuff and so uh, very often people will people are like that will insulate themselves with people who understand <laughs> you know they call it an entourage <laughs> But an entourage is just people who respect their gift and understand there's a lifestyle that goes with it. And, and they really do have to protect their lifestyle. As a preacher, I, I don't have people close to me all the time that are problem people. You know, talk a lot, strife, arguing, cussing, you know, profane. All You can't do that and keep your gift for God. Even as a Christian, you can't do that. And so you'll see in churches sometimes only certain people can be around the pastor. You know what I'm saying? And because they're to the best of their ability. And you do have to exclude certain people from your life, folks, if you're going to live for God. That's just a given. And so we, we have to understand that. You know, you don't do it to harm people or anything. But uh, people need to know there are limits on everybody's ability to function in that gift if they don't want it to be destroyed it's very precious to them uh, that's their purpose for living so we have to respect one another's purposes for living you know my purpose for living is to preach and minister to people and uh, you know you have to live in a certain way and walk in a certain way where that's that's kind of a given so you have to have a gift and the ability to develop protect and utilize the gift utilizing the gift if you're a believer that gift belongs to God so you go where he tells you to go and do what he tells you to do in the administration of that gift and you can't be on your own time schedule to obey God you can't because the things that we do are life changing and if it takes time you have to spend time with somebody uh, explaining the word or uh, letting listening to them if they have problems they want to share uh, then you have to do that and, and allow God to really help and minister uh, yesterday Miss Juan and I were going to run in Myers and run out you know we wound up spending like almost what 40 minutes there ministering to a lady that that really needed she asked questions she said well if you're a minister I have a question for you so you know she had me a little catholic question what's the difference between a mortal sin and I said oh you're catholic or was catholic and she's this lady's been some of everything she got she got some native american drums she chants too and I'm telling we so we prayed with her to receive the baptism in the holy spirit I said you want to be close to God that's what it is and she's a believer because we asked her I said now you're trusting Jesus and what he did is the only way to heaven right you're not trusting in your own soul oh, yes I'm trusting him why so well you need to be baptized in the spirit and so it took some time you know for us to minister to her and answer her questions and help her so when you understand that your gift belongs to God 
to help humanity you will be ever so open to when God opens that door you step right through it and you don't step out until God you do everything that God tells you to do so it's a good thing to to know your calling know your gift your purpose and let God utilize that gift as much as he wants to utilize it I I told God I said I'm going to be more aware of praying and asking you to open doors for me to share your love with people you know and sometimes I do and sometimes I just assume it's going to happen but it's best if you ask God and let him know this gift is available to you and do it on a daily basis we said that innovators will suffer persecution and be misunderstood so if you have a gift that's kind of changing things and shaking things up in the the earth you will be misunderstood misunderstood if you are an innovator you must be devoted to your call and understand that few people are on the same level or will understand your devotion to your call I think about athletes who are called to excel in their craft. If if you find another athlete uh, who is called to excel, then that person hopefully will help you. But you know there's competition in athletics. And so you may be surrounded with people who are hoping you fail instead of hoping you succeed and so it's tough out there for people uh, to be able to be successful in using their gifts and their talents and their abilities I thank God that people now for some reason God has awakened us to a greater appreciation for one another he really has I see uh, you know the longer I have lived I see less competition and uh, jealousy among professional people oftentimes, and more uh, support encouragement uh, more uh, camaraderie more ability to uh, recognize the value and the worth of the individuals I think a lot of it has to do with much of the preaching that we that is very common to hear now and preaching on uh, um, uh, you know encouragement being successful uh, stepping out understanding your abilities self-worth and all of that uh, preaching in the church is much more centered on that um, sometimes too much centered on that but you can see how secular people will gravitate toward that because it makes them feel better to know that they they have something there that they're valuable and they're worthwhile I see uh, a lot of uh, emphasis being given I know at one time baseball players weren't very uh, very physically fit you know they work during the season uh, now they have off season training for professionals where some of the retired professionals will set up uh, professional uh, camps for professional athletes or one on one training with them so that they can keep them sharp and keep them uh, so we see athletes now uh, instead of retiring and using the money they had and investing it badly and going broke mean bankrupt when they've only been retired for several years now they are entering into personal coaching now for athletes who are coming up and so forth and so on and so gifts are now uh, being valued to a higher level and a higher degree so I believe as people as we are growing on the earth we are understanding humanity better we're having more respect for humanity and we're having more understanding of our ability our gifts our function we understand that that person that is sitting next to us is very important may be important for our well-being and we're honoring that we're honoring people in many many different ways at the same time the enemy is trying to dishonor people 
And so you'll see a lot of disrespect for humanity where people are living at levels uh, way beneath their their calling in God. And so what do we do when the two kind of don't seem to meet together? Well, we have to walk in our calling and be obedient to God uh, in all things because God has a solution to all of these things. But you need to know that as people begin to understand their importance and significance and feel worthwhile, the enemy is always going to fight to tear that down. He's going to put something out there to make us feel uh, unloved, put us at odds, striving against each other, having discord. And I think a lot of what we see in the world now with with terrorism and, and all of that is there's a faction there that thinks very little of humanity. And while God has taught us how to value one another in a high regard there's a counter influence to cause us to devalue and so which one's going to win if you believe God's going to win you're on the right road <laughs> you're on the right track and just keep doing what we do uh, in God because God certainly has more for us why don't we stop for today father we thank you for a good uh, understanding of who we are not just as Christians, and, and that, that goes without saying. If we're uh, valuable before we come into your knowledge, we're so valuable afterwards. We can certainly do more under the direction of your Holy Spirit. Father, I ask you to help everybody here understand their importance that they are significant they are important and they are part of of you and that makes them so worthwhile father it's beyond what they can ever think i ask you lord to help people settle into understanding their gifts their abilities and at least as intercessors they know that they're called to that they know that they can be successful at it but they sometimes don't understand the significance and importance of it I ask you, Lord, to help us understand how significant and important it is for us to use our gift of intercession to to benefit humanity. So I thank you for that, Lord.